It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? We're back. A little late going here, but it's all good. Uh, the Life on Life's Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson, a grateful recovering addict. And uh, like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program, so no 12-step program is represented here. No 12-step program is uh, responsible for what we're doing. Yes. You know, uh, we're just um, we're trying to... Spread information. We're yes. Trying to learn knowledge and, and, and give knowledge. Yes, and provide people with um, an opportunity to listen to a share or get some information or become more aware of something that they weren't. Um, and I am Chris Mandeville. I'm a recovered heroin addict. Um, we are here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass. on Quincy Ave. Lots of... Um, Resources down here and meetings. Great um, people. Tons, tons of meetings and, and different types of meetings, not all 12 step. There's, there's such a variety of meetings here. Um, great staff. Um, they've let us use this space for over two years to provide this podcast, so we're very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, tonight we have a, a friend of mine, Terry, who I met a few years ago, and uh, she works in the field as a prescriber and nurse practitioner for. Um, dual diagnosis and people in recovery from substance use disorder, but that still need medication. So mm. we're going to discuss that tonight, and we're going to let her take it over. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Tom. Um, I guess Thank I get you. the academic arm of this. Everybody yes. else tells a story, yeah. and i got to bring out the workbooks and the yes. textbooks. Yes. There you go. Um, but thank it. you. And right now I'm currently recovering from personal calamity, but I'm still yeah. here to, to talk. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we um, appreciate it. But, but that, you know, medications and, and caring for people with substance abuse issues is a, is a tricky phenomenon. And um, we don't have a lot of experienced substance abuse prescribers yes. in the area. Um, so I kind of have made it my personal mission and was sort of a one-man band where I was working in an outpatient mental health facility to care for folks with substance abuse issues and recognize the fact that they may also need medications or may be on other medications that actually could jeopardize their sobriety. Right. So, And that was mm. always a challenge because if people would come to me already on wonderful medications that they loved and made them feel really good, it was not easy to take them away. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. the thing, like, as as addicts and alcoholics, like, there's lots of us. I, I I know exactly what to say when I walk into someone and tell them how I'm feeling to get on a certain medication that I want to take to feel okay. Yeah, whether right. I need it or not. So I, I I could definitely manipulate a script. Um, you know, it's not hard to to walk into a doctor's office and or or Google it five minutes before you go in. Say symptoms of right. 
this is what you get prescribed. Okay, so I tell them this, this, and this, and this is what I'll get. You know, it just occurred to me. It's like taking. It's like trying to take like a, tell a five year old not to suck their thumb anymore or something. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't do that anymore. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, <laughs> or a lot of times, you know, it's not even it, procuring the medication for the first time as much as okay, so we stopped doing dope, but like I'm not going to give up my K pins and I'm not going to give up my ju- like you know. Like, yes. But at least I'm not shooting dope, Terry. Like, exactly. So yeah. So but I mean, how. How did you get those prescriptions? Right. And and do you really need them? Well, are you going to stop shooting dope if you remain on K-Pins and Johnny's? Yes. That's always my concern. Yeah. If I thought people could stay clean and sober and use these other medications safely, I would not have a problem. Right. But time and time again has proven it doesn't work that way. I, ha- I always tried to keep huh. an open mind. Wow. I did have a guy once. He had done research. He brought me in printouts. He said, Terry, if you just give me a little bit of clonopin for this little withdrawal period, it will stop me from relapse. So I said, all right, you're on. And I gave him a limited script. He relapsed. Yeah. I said, well, that's the end of that. Yeah. Little, you know, I'm not doing that study again. Yes. So like, right. I'm willing okay. so, to try anything one time. So you're saying that, that what you're saying, and that is important, what you're saying as someone who's very experienced with this, is that um, you, you've seen it re- lead to relapse more often than not. So people who usually are on these medications have a horrible time staying clean and sober, particularly the benzos. Yeah. People who ask for benzos just intermittently for like an isolated situation, if they don't have any recovery, they will relapse. Mm. If I had somebody with a lot of time of recovery, they had a sponsor, they were active in their program, and their father died, they hadn't slept for four nights, like, would I give them a little bit of Ativan or Xanax to help just for a few days? Probably. You know, yeah. but, but, there's a, but that's, mm. that has to be well thought out. Like, right. you just can't come right. in and say, I can't sleep, I'm really anxious. Like, when you're doing with substance abuse, folks, you have to ask the whole story. Yes. You know, right. and, and relapse... You know, past relapses, how long you've been clean and sober. Um, wh- I asked them specifically, what is that program? Who's the sponsor? How many meetings are you making? Yeah. You know, like right. you can't answer those questions. Well, I don't care if you've been clean for 100 years, you know, like, right. because n- not because of the person. I always say because of the gorilla. The person, yeah. it really isn't bullshit. Me and the person's not trying to con anything. The person is anxious, and the gorilla is mm. telling them, go and try to get some benzos because then I will get some sleep. Yeah, yeah, right. So, and and I've always, I've come to actually separate. My patient is not their disease. Talking to a gorilla Uh, and talking to my patient are hmm. two different things. Yeah, you you have to realize... And, and, and think about where is this coming from. Right. We usually will use the term, you know, that's the disease talking. Yes. But I actually see gorillas. Yeah. Like, like yeah. And they're kids that's, and aunts and uncles. And <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, that's such a good analogy because the gorilla is a massively strong animal. Yeah. Correct. And, uh, and it's like, that's what, what keeps me aware of, like, if you l- open that, unlock that door and let that gorilla in. You think you're going to wrestle that thing to the ground? Exactly. It ain't going to happen. No, it ain't over till the gorilla says so. You leave the door locked, and you're okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, that's the problem with the gorilla, and nobody goes into the ring with the gorilla by themselves and comes out of that ring alive. Right. Nobody. Right, yeah. However, and this Mm. is the same gorilla when 
you know, I a lot of young people like would say to me, like Terry, I, I and I mean twenty, twenty one, twenty two, and they have not done any heroin, they've not done any subs, they like they're doing their thing, and they're like, but it's okay to have a glass of wine now and then, and they'll say, but Terry, I don't have a drinking problem, and I'll mm. say. No, you probably don't. You're only 20. You didn't. You, you found dope. You didn't drink long enough to have a problem. Right, right. So I don't even argue anymore with that because that may very they, that may be true. They do not have a history of alcohol abuse, mm. and that okay. could possibly be true. I do not always believe everybody is cross addicted, and I do not believe everybody is always addicted to the same degree. I think the pathways respond to differently to different substances well, for people. Sure, for sure, there's, there's different degrees. There's different degrees in everything. Yeah, there's someone that could have been a friggin' train wreck of a heroin addict at a young age, right. and then mature somewhat, maybe get a few years of, of nothing under their belt, and and find out that they can drink that, as a normal person. However, but, okay, right. let me just say that you need to find out who you are. And using chemical recreations, using a, a substance to get out of yourself, you're not going to feel those right. feelings. You're not going to learn to cope on, with life on life's terms. You're not going to know who you are because if you're using stuff to get out of yourself every day, Right, you don't even know who you, you are. You don't know well, who you are. And back to his comment about opening the door, here here's my concern. You know, like you know, when you're twenty, maybe maybe you're not at you know, maybe you're not at the end of the road and maybe you're not like you know, like the des you know, the desperate and the dying. Mm. But why risk it? So this is what right. I say to them, like, okay, fine. So I know you go out with your girlfriend, you have two glasses of wine, you're not drunk, clearly, you know, but you are buzzed, aren't you? You are relaxed, aren't you? Or why would you bother with two glasses of wine? Right. So they were like, well, I said, okay, so here's the deal. This heroin gorilla, like, he is like nothing I've ever seen before. Not mm. that the alcohol gorilla is not lethal. Yeah. But he's more subtle, he's more cunning, he kind of pulls away at the fabric. Mm. I mean, this heroin bastard, you know, like, you got to be vigilant. I mean, like, he's Absolutely. knocking him off at, right at the knees. Yeah. So I said, why would you, like, like, get kicked back, chilled, and relaxed? And this goes for pot. Like, am I anti-pot? Like, oh, like, don't see her, uh, sh don't go see Terry. She doesn't agree with pot either. Yeah. If this is not a moral statement. Like, right. if you're smoking a joint and you think you're all kicked back, relaxed, and it takes your anxiety away... And that's the frame of mind you're in. And you had a really bad week, and you get a case of the fuckets, and somebody comes in. Then you may make a very poor decision that you might not otherwise make. Right. So why open possible. the door? Let any gorillas in, because I guarantee you, if you let one of them in, that whole gang is coming in. Oh the yeah. Bathroom. Well, I think I think that there's also a distinction that can be made between. Uh, New, rec new in recovery, and someone who's who's uh, who's been in years of recovery. I had a, a really good friend of mine. A friend was really not enough to say. Um, he's a, a brother of mine that we got sober together, and he was sober for like five years, and he made a conscious decision. He says, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke weed," and he's been fine with it ever since. However, I think that if he Started smoking weed, just out of the program, you know. It would be a different story. He'd be back on heroin and yeah. in jail. You right. know what I mean? I mean, it's it, it, there's a big difference, I think, uh, you know. 
And of course, it depends upon where you're getting your weed. And actually, I'm a huge fan of, of cannabinoids. You know, there's mm. a lot of medical research to support yes. this. And, and, so, and we have cannabinoid pathways in our brains. And right, why? why? Oh, right, so I mean, I'm okay <laughs> with that to a certain degree. But a lot of people that have been to, you know, to their bottom, it's like just why, why it's risky business. Why right. Yeah. But there's also like you got CBD, you got CBN, which is non-psychoactive. Right. Yeah. So and, and it's uh, I was talking to, to a guy I now work it's with. It's hard to get it completely. It's right. You, free. You, it's point. It's point, point zero three percent. A lot of it is even lower than that because they've they've worked with it so much. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine. You know, I, I work with him, and he has another job, and and he's like, you know, by the end of the week, my freaking feet are killing me. He goes, I got some of the CBD lotion, put it on my feet at night. He goes, I could go dancing, and and he's not wow. looking to get high, right, at right. all. Right, he's right. he's he's a normie. Right. He yeah. just wants relief in his feet. Yeah. you know right. what I mean. And I I know other people that it it, it has benefited tremendously. Um. Like ju- even just just rub on lotions, and, you know and again, what I mean? here's where the your, you know the disease of addiction and alcoholism is is very you know, and this is why I think prescribing for this population is a challenge because you have to understand the spiritual complexities, the physical yes. complexities, mm. and the mental complexities. This, yes, there's now, so I, many aspects. I had a, a, a wonderful woman, and and she, she's almost off of methadone and has been on methadone for years. Now she doesn't do her recovery the way I think she should do her recovery, but she's got 11 years clean. She's coming off the methadone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a, a stellar in, in, the, in the community and at the clinic there, and um, you know people look up to her. She was in a horrific accident and almost lost her foot. Now, I mean, uh, shit's going to happen, and one day you're going to have to take you know, an opiate right. of some type. So, oh, um, God, I'm not looking forward to that. Very <laughs> sh- sh- very, she unfortunately experienced all the stigma attached with the history because it was in her tribe that she yeah, was yep. a recovering addict. Okay. She was on either fentanyl or, or morphine drip for a short period of time. Her only goal was to get off of that ASAP. Yeah. And oh, she that's did. cool. And then she swapped she did to another medication. She did get off of oh, it. Oh, she did. And she said, I don't want that. She said, and I think they tried some Lyrica and some Gabapentin, which are their cousins. They're related. And I think it was the Lyrica that helped the most. And that's what she ended up using for pain management in the mm. hospital after almost amputating her foot. Now, this is a hardcore heroin <sighs> addict. So yeah. Yeah. this, so how come her gorilla didn't go off running? You know, like. That's the thing. It's, it, it's, but it's but so her complex. mental health was intact. Right. Her spiritual yep. pathway was intact and somebody was helping right. her with the physical pathway and and that's yeah. the thing like i i've i'm in recovery i've sponsored people and and you know sponsees would present me with listen i think i might need medication okay so go see someone and don't walk out of an office in 12 minutes with a prescription like go right. see someone right. and then go see him again and then go see him again and then go see him again and and talk to this person and develop a relationship so that they know who you are and what you're about before you get prescribed the any medication. But that isn't, that's, that is not, that's not it's, the way the business is done. The United States is the largest consumer of prescription medication right. in the world. And we only make up 4% of the population right. of the world. I mean, the, the, 85% of all 
opioids manufactured are consumed in the U.S. Well, and, and get to know the patient wow. and mm. so they get to know you. And in defense of all prescribing and providers, I would say it, it's not that we don't care, but driven by cost of insurance and overhead yes. and our limitations, they are not given the luxury to sit and get to know their patient. Right, they get right. Because they're not going to get paid. Well, right. Unfortunately. Right. Well, it, the thing is, here's the thing. I've gone to uh, counseling, um, mm. you know, and I've and I've and I, and it's been paid by my insurance, and I and you know, I don't, they were psychologists, right? It was couples counseling, you know, but and I've gone to counseling when I was getting sober. I don't know what that deal was, but I think psychologists. I don't think anyone's looking to prescribe anything to me for a while. Although I had one time, I went um, to a psychiatrist, I think, because she told me that, well, that stuff messes with your brain chemistry you should get on antidepressants right away and i was like oh okay so (laughs) well well, i mean she's not too far off the mark but seeing a therapist and a prescriber and in the center i worked in and not just that center i actually had spoken to another um potential employer at one point and they also had the same directions for me you don't need to talk to anybody terry just write the prescriptions they have therapists here and I'm like, well, how do I write a prescription if I don't talk to them? Yeah, right. How do so, I find out yeah, what this person's crazy. going so through? So you're given usually anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes to figure this out. I have written on people's scripts, Dawn Patrol. They're like, Dawn Patrol? I came here for meds. What's that? <laughs> I said, you don't need a med. You need a meeting. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're like, and who are you? Right. And that's the thing. Like this, Of course, I this, never saw them again. But. This, this, yeah, yeah. This, there needs to be more people. I mean- there's, there's literature out there that talks about it, you know, beyond our synthetic knowledge. All I know is about what it says in this book. Right, right. I, have, I don't have experience or I don't know how this person is feeling. Right. I know what they can tell me they're feeling and, and what my book tells me that I'm supposed to right. do for that feeling. And that's how a lot of these animals started in the yeah. first place. And I think, you know, aside from the opiate crisis, this benzodiazepine business, I mean, like, again, absolutely I started innocently. It's, they're good meds. They do a good job for what they're intended. Nowhere, if you look up in any forms of literature, will it say that they should be continued for any length of time. I, I actually just read something about that, that benzos are supposed to be short term. Short term. And then Not I, yeah, well. years. But primary care and other types of providers don't have the time to hear the story mm. so they start the prescription and geez two years have gone by and they're still writing the prescription or yeah. sorry i'm not going to give this anymore yeah and as much as i am opposed to prescribing that medication to really the general public but particularly substance abuse people i'm also not in favor of well don't tell me after two years now you're going to just stop it either right, right i feel the person who started that prescription has a responsibility to find a way to help them off of it and mm. what's changed you like that they needed it before and they don't need it now now they need it more unfortunately because you didn't assess the situation from the get-go properly right yeah yeah i I, it's funny i just read that not too long ago because it was the article i was reading was written by a doctor who said when he went to medical school, they didn't tell him shit nope. about benzodiazepines. They tell you how to really? prescribe it. They don't tell you didn't how tell to get him. them off. He said, my own doctor didn't even tell me the side effects that right. I was going to go through. He goes, it was one of the worst things I ever went through in my life right. when I 
attempted to get off of these things. My, my, wow. It was a doctor. My dope yeah. addicts will think they're dying if they go through withdrawals. Mm. But the, my folks on benzos or booze, they can die. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Yes, benzodiazepine and alcohol right. detox, well. you can you can so uh, I, I think what what could be lacking is the is the uh, the the knowledge that to be a clear-headed sober individual is desirable right you know what I mean these right. the people they don't realize that it's you you live a life of dignity and honor you respect yourself you can think clearly you can deal with all situations mm. and um, you know uh, and the major thing you got to deal with is the trauma that you went through right. in life right. that's brought you to this point. Or even whatever the current experience is that might have indicated a need for something even short-term right now. Right. Again, there's always the risk of sort of blunting that experience. I mm. had a therapist. One of, the, our, one of my colleagues had rather quickly taken somebody off of their Xanax, and my, the therapist came and said, Terry, do you, maybe you could see him because... Would taking him off Xanax make him cry more and more and more? I said, uh, actually, it shouldn't. I said, um, I would not have expected that reaction. And what it turned out was that he had recently had a breakup of over 16 years. So the Xanax had been appropriately titrated down. Well, why was he crying? Not because it, the Xanax wasn't in his system. He was feeling, feeling yes. the feelings. breakup. Right? That's yeah. right. And the, the thing about um, trauma is it's just like, a, like a, a grieving process, you know. And if you don't go through the process, those feelings are still there and they yeah. pop back up. Now, the, I had a breakup that really affected me. And it um, wasn't till I got sober... And I got sober right. for a little while that I was able to process that. And I actually felt all the pain rushing back just right. like it just happened, as if it just happened. And I had already had, like, a couple of girlfriends. Right, know, right. And, and I actually had a – I remember having, sort like, Sort of a, a delayed response almost. Yeah, and when I got sober, I, all the feelings came back. And I actually had mm. um, olfactory hallucinations. Like, there was this particular yep. – um, yep. There was this particular uh, perfume that she used to wear. It was, like, an essential oil. And I smelled it. And no way was it there. Wow. I, it wasn't real. Mm. And, you know, and this is um, down in Florida when I was in the cell. Everything smells better in Florida. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Even I things was, that aren't there. <laughs> I, was in, I was in Kingston House, which is a wet shelter, and I was in the holding there and cleaning up after the homeless people in the wintertime. <laughs> and, and my grandmother was down in Sarasota, Florida. She's like, come on down here, and We'll get you sober down here. Come on down here and be sober. I'm <laughs> like, said, you I'm, got I'm, it. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. Bye. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know, when people are coming into recovery and, they, and it's new, like, you're, you're going to feel feelings. Right. And, like, but our society is so, oh, you have a feeling we have a pill for that. And it, exactly. it's, it's kind of right. disgusting. And I would like to clarify it's on sound. that point is that now there are other mental health medications that don't that do not blunt or change feelings. Now, the benzodiazepines mm. are central nervous system depressants, so they yeah. are they're a tranquilizer. Yes. So yeah. that, that's something that would inhibit you from feeling. Back to your original point about mental health meds, 
I have to say that when I first started, you know, prescribing for folks with substance abuse 10 years ago, I mean, I initially was, I was pretty hardcore, like, nope, 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 sorry. You know, like, as far as I'm concerned, your cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, all right, but we still have booze and pot in your system, you know? Yeah. But I also had, and, but, you know, in this business, you have to be open-minded, listen, and you have to keep learning. And, mm. and I, it was pointed out to me by somebody in recovery that she had, had multiple, could not seem to get sober and tried and tried multiple relapses. And she said it was not until she had been prescribed an antidepressant oh, that she was able to actually wow. feel well enough to continue to go to meetings. And she's been sober well over 20 years. And I remember thinking, wow. keep an open mind, Terry. That's yeah, a testimony. Right, right. So... So really there is. is a place and a time for those meds, too. Clearly, our brain chemistry is screwed up in the beginning, and True. it needs to right. straighten out. Right. But as you correctly said, a lot of trauma has, has happened. A lot of drugs and a lot of toxins have been in there. Mm. And so... And that years of that can like definitely affect the pathways in the brain exactly and so these meds unlike mood and mind altering meds their job is and this is about the only time i'm re even though i'm a prescriber i'm actually not a, a big advocate of meds but here's the time and place these meds do have a job and they can go back in and realign the pathways mm. and put them okay. back in order so that when you sit at a meeting you might be able to now understand and apply yeah. what you're learning and right. i tell them like just Promise me you'll try it for a year so that it learns its pathways permanently. Mm. And once they're in order, some people never have to be on meds again. Some right. people remain on meds. And those are, the, you know, those are the situations in which we should have no opinion on outside issues right. in terms of advising right. anybody within recovery whether or not they should or shouldn't be on medications. Right. And right. I, I think the only exception, and for years it was always the benzos, and, and the saying was, you're chewing your booze. Yeah, right. because hey, but a, a, a big thing nowadays too is is the the amphetamines, you know the the prescribing of the the Ritalin, the Vyvanse, right. um, Adderall, Adderall, like and and like yeah. there's lots and lots. I can study better if I take this, you know. Like college kids are like getting lit up like Christmas trees on on these these medications to to study better. Well, meds mm. are supposed to enhance, improve, or make your your own biology function better. Yeah. And I don't have any issue with any of those, except for if you have this disease of addiction, we have a disease of more. Yes. Right. So that's yes. all. Now, if you could take your meds as... That's why I said it's, it's a gray area. And to me, right, each right. person is an individual. If you can take your meds as prescribed, that wasn't your drug of choice, like, you might be okay. And you know, but if you did, <clears throat> you know, you did coke and crack, like, if you think I'm going to give you some Adderall, you're out of your mind. And, and it, I, just, <laughs> yeah. just recently, I seen... Um, <laughs> Uh, sublocade, yes, which is long-acting uh, suboxone. Like I, I'm not really for suboxone. Not, not I'm not what I'm. What I'm not for is handing a, an addict a big giant script of suboxone that they well, can. It does pay the mortgage, you know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so so it. you go in, you, you get this, yeah. you get diversion. this. Yeah, <laughs> you go in, you get this shot because it it when you're new in recovery, like. Or, or, or you don't even know about recovery or haven't even come into recovery, you're an addict and you, you can't differentiate like, okay, like we use the, the junky math. All right, if, if I'm supposed to take four milligrams, eight milligrams is going to be so much better. Like, <laughs> right. That's right. So yeah. now 
and I, I did One's a little good, bit of reading on better, it. They, they, have, they have like a 100 milligram shot, and they have like a 300 milligram well, and shot. And the maintenance dose is pretty much the same for everybody, I believe. And Yeah, right. So now you don't have to worry about it. Right. You, you, you get your injection. Well, Vivitrol, though, uh, you know, to, be, to yeah. play devil's advocate to that, which is not a narcotic because part of the supplicate or suboxones are part narcotic. Yep. So they're mm. an agonist, a full agonist. And so, you know, they, that's how they satisfy the receptors in the brain. And, and again, um, it's personal opinions and or, you know, but medically speaking, and as far as saving, the purpose of these meds, even methadone, was to save lives. Right, exactly. And so okay, well, when well. used in the proper way, it works. Again, be a given an addict, 30 days of subs. I mean, Ex- like, my exactly. God, hello. That's, it's that's like the, the lotto. So, which I think yeah. that this sublocate may have a, a way better success rate. There's not enough literature and not enough studies have been done, and they're not quite sure, like, what the answer is in terms of getting people off of that. Exactly. And like, so that's, and that's a little yeah. bit of a problem. And, and, and you, see the, you see the commercials, right? And they're very romantic. They, they, it's, they, it's wonderful. They, they flash all these, these um, what, what do you call it? Um, side effects. Side effects at the bottom of the screen. And they read off every single one except for the last one. This substance may cause opiate dependence. That don't they do that not one? read that one. Right. Wow. They read How everything do they get away else. With that? I don't know. That's the last one. That's the last one they show, and they don't read that one. Wow. I, I do. It's so crazy. I do have to tell one. I've, I've been to a lot of wakes in my profession. Yeah. Mm. Um. I do have a happy story, and um, I, I work. I'll never forget this guy when he first started coming to us. And it was the therapist that, like, spoke on his behalf and, and sort of legitimately said he's a good candidate for Adderall, you know, Terry, just a little bit. And he's a good, you know, this, he's doing all the right stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I, I had to kind of try to take everything with a grain of salt. And, and in retrospect, you know, like, we laugh at the con that he did, you know, the oh, shucks, shuffle, and like, come on, Terry, you know. And, um, <laughs> and I never really had any, you know, major problems with him. But long story short, and he had never been in any meetings. He didn't need meetings. And so mm. I... Hounded and hounded, and, and I think people go to either just shut me up or just to yeah, say yeah. they did it, like you know, yeah. okay, lady, I'm done, you know. So, not too long ago, so he was on Suboxone and he abandoned getting any other meds. He did go to the health food store and try to find some cannabinoids that might be helpful for yeah, social yeah. pot smoking, but so mm. he got over that stage. But then he got into meetings, he got into recovery, he became active in a group, he had a sponsor, he was like a new man, and now mm. he wanted to be off Suboxone. Yep. And it was after a year and a half, he began to wean off of Suboxone. And that, I would say, is sort of the poster child of the use of Suboxone. Right. Sure. So he weaned, and, and then of course he was petrified by all the stories that you, people yeah. tell, and I said that that's all hogwash. I said, if you, first of all, you know, like, Ask whoever took away all your other problems to take care of this. I bet they would. You know, yeah, so right, right, right. have that relieved. Mm. And I said, it'll be no problem. But I loaded him up on anything that would keep him comfortable if it made him feel better. Like, yeah. he didn't use a thing. And so then he asked if I would give him his two-year medallion. Oh, he was wow. suboxone-free. Nice. Cool. And, my, and my present to him was his lab slip with his name, and there was nothing in it. Okay. And nice. I framed it. <laughs> a clean pee. Yes. <laughs> and See, I, but I that's the awesome. stuff that I like to hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause so it can work yes, done if, if correctly. Yes, if done correctly. And, right. and, you know, it's it's just so hard to 
look at someone and know if they're going to do something correctly. You well, know? I'll tell you, my so, experience with Suboxone, I've only done them once. I was in uh, Faulkner Detox, Faulkner Hospital, and I was so high. It's the only detox I never went to one meeting. I was yeah. like, Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's the that's thing. Like people, people, oh, you can't get high on Suboxone. Oh, oh absolutely, I was so you can. high the yeah, whole yeah. time I was there. The whole time. But there are I people think it was that really early. You know what yeah. I mean? They they weaned me off a little bit, but I was still high. Honestly, I think there is. I think there's the, a piece that's missing here is. So it's trying to speak to folks who are actively using or just recently not using or whatever. I mean, the brain mm. is still doing the scam, you know, like oh, it's yeah. still yes. doing the dance. Yep. <clears throat> so I'm speaking, trying to speak professionally and womanly and right. with the English language here tonight. That's not how I talk in my office. And yeah. you'll be oh, told you can that. Talk, you can talk however you want here as well. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, but I might need a job, so I still have to kind of look professional. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not how it goes down in my office. Yeah. So like, like I talk to them in a whole different language, and hmm. so you have to, you know, like it's it, you, you have to reach them where they're at, and they lack education. Yes. They honestly, some they're not interested, first of all, in learning any of that shit. Like they're really not. Just right. can I have my yeah. subs? Like you know, how right. many? You know, four yep. twos. But if you explain, and that's so my my mission for the last ten years has been primarily education. I cannot tell you, you would have thought some of the most drug-savvy, street-savvy people in the world really didn't know what benzos were or what they did. Yeah, right. Or, right. like, why was it, like, how come they kept relapsing? Like, they didn't could not put two and two together. And some older folks, you know, the little old wife and, you know, lady from Pasadena, like, if I had known that about Valium, I'd have never gotten on it. And yeah, then right. I'm like, didn't anybody tell this? So there is a lack of education Across the spectrum on all meds, right? I even, think if people really even, understood what they were taking, they might think differently. About even things. for the doctors, right? You know, and, and and it almost makes you wonder: like, is that done on purpose? We are not allowed the time to really give to folks to do this, right? But I'm, I'm I, saying to even the doctors: like, is is it is it kind of like a, a a a conspiracy theory type thing? Like, okay, we can't. We're, this is what this drug's going to do, and this is what you give it to them for, but we're not going to tell you anything else. Yeah, I, I think they are told. I just think they are no, not, they're not, the time constraint does not allow them to pass that on. Yeah, there's well, not enough, think, there's the not enough education in, right. in school that these people are going to become doctors or nurse practitioners about what these medications well, do. Well, how can they become, how can they keep up with it? Right, yeah, they, they can't, well, I know. again, Five, the medicine months. that they are learning about and how they're learning about it is about mainstream population. Mm. Oh, when yeah. you're dealing with people with substance abuse, it's a different. different ballgame. Yeah. It's a different yeah. med, it's a different quantity, it's a different tolerance. It's going to have a different reaction. Right, right. That's, you know, I'm definitely different than a lot of people in that I am I hear that all the time Tom I, Terry this is different no, like, I am I'm the same as 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 you guys or you know as people in recovery because I um, will take something and I will like a bag of chips I will eat it until it's gone you know what I <laughs> right, mean right if I get on heroin to Hagen does yeah, it doesn't matter on, you're gonna abuse uh, it yeah something that that is uh, gets me out of myself or whatever you know uh, I will abuse it yeah it trips uh, it I'm, trips those Friggin' receptors well, in the brain. I try not to. Yeah. Again, actively. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's that you have a broken shutoff switch. It's not. Exactly. It's not like, well, I'm just gonna go ahead and like be a hog. It's 
once you get whatever that gets set off, yeah. we are, a, you know, a disease of more, and our shutoff switch is broken. That's right. It's that simple. Yes. It's exactly right. And, 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 and until you, same you suffer consequences, i.e., right. like, I ate too much food, I feel like I'm going to puke right now, you know, like, it, then you, you're going to do something just like, you know, all right, I've had enough of this pain. I, I, I don't want to suffer like this anymore. Yeah. So maybe I'll do something about and, it. And again, but for me, it, it, it had to be. I got locked up in Plymouth House Correction because yeah, I couldn't too. get but to that point. They had to lock me up to, to get me And off. that could have happened more than four times, and it wouldn't have stopped you at other times in your life right. from True. going back out and doing the same thing. So that's yeah. another phenomenon of the disease that's, that you have to keep into consideration. That So I remember I was trying to help a lady stay you know, clean so she can get the Vivitrol shot and stay opiate-free. And those five days, is like that is murder for folks. Like, I will call. I will give them... Cartoons. I'll give them urine cups, peeing all day long, anything to just distract them because that's the toughest five days. And she's by day number five, she'd say, Terry, I'm sorry. It would be Friday, of course, you know, and then I'm looking for her on Monday. Terry, I, I, I went out on Sunday. She said, all the way to the drug dealers, I'm going, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Why am I doing this? I don't know why I'm doing this. She said, right up till I knocked on the door. Now, there is a phenomenon, especially of long-term opiate use, in terms of some, which theorize permanent changes in the brain. But mm. there's a part yeah. of the brain in this of the white matter that doesn't cross make the bridge anymore from the gray matter, and a phenomenon of agnosia exists. It, it's almost they liken it to like if, a, if an elderly person has a stroke in a certain part of her brain. If she looks in the mirror, she'll say, "Isn't that a pretty old lady?" Now she knows that's a pretty lady, and she knows who she is, but she cannot see that she is the old lady. So there mm. actually gets wow. so a brain phenomenon. It's organic. It's biological. Some it's of chemical. it is not your fault. Like right, if your brain's right, right. broken because of chronic use, then that's the phenomenon of doing what is you are out of control to do. Right. But power of choice. Spiritually yeah. speaking, that's also a gorilla against, saying, "Screw that, lady, we're yeah. almost there." Right. Using against your own will. Right. Yeah. But it, but it's a spiritual phenomenon. As it's also a gorilla. Yes. It's so it's all of it. It's all well. of it. It's all of it. So so meds have to be sort of examined the same way, prescribed the same way, mm. and the mm. whole picture has to be well taken care of. And in terms of. When you first get into early recovery, like, I, I, you know, these young kids would say, like, Terry, don't forget my bipolar meds. I'm like, bipolar? Like, you know, okay, you, you know, yeah. you're doing dope, you're drinking, and you're smoking pot, you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but I don't know what you are. I don't know if you're right. bipolar you or not. Yet. That's right. So, <clears throat> however, like, honestly, let, for the most part, let's face it, happy kids don't use. So, I'd say 99.9% uh, yeah. of the times there's an element of, you know, like, Depression. I mean, like mm. clearly, and if you're, you're the meds that worked for you are now gone. So I, I've gotten a little bit more like on the ready in terms of, I call them kind of meat and potato meds. Like, well, who isn't a little <coughs> depressed and anxious? It's not addicting. It's not my mood and mind altering, and it, it might help support their mood, you know, so they can get on their feet. So I, so I'm, a, I, I do begin a little bit earlier and recover. I mean, if. If somebody says they're depressed, and, and you know, I don't care if you go to twenty meetings, if you're especially an opiate addict, like yeah. you might only tolerate that one day, and that's it. So hey, I'd rather yeah. give you a little Prozac than see you in Brockton, you know, like right. whatever it takes. Right, yeah. right, right. So and that's the thing. There's not enough people that 
can can have that point of view. To the uninitiated, seeing you in Brockton means that you're probably using oh, drugs. And, yes, and exactly. I apologize to Brockton. You know, like yeah. no, no offense. Oh, I, I I grew up there, so it's, I know. <laughs> I just you ain't talking out of school. The Bedford Fall River. I mean, I don't know. It, it doesn't just, matter. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Plymouth. nowadays nowadays Plymouth, Abington, yeah. Yeah. situate. It does not right. matter. Lake it's Cape, everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. It's still more in Brockton, but yeah. that's okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just not as nice of views. And you yeah, know, regarding yeah. physici- physicians' education. Um, and we still have a lot of prescribers that are prescribing folks with the disease of addiction, addicting meds. I will not ever understand this. In this day and age, it confounds my mind. But I actually caught a late night show with, I think it's Lisa Ling. She does a lot of controversial uh, expose type programs. Mm-hmm. And am. one of them was on benzodiazepines. Her own father, she actually um, taped some of his withdrawal. And she interviewed medical schools, medical doctors, and, of course, I have been weaning people off of benzos for 10 years, but apparently yeah. this is, like, not done, and it's not a common commonplace situation. And she's the, the doctor that she spoke to said, unfortunately, we are educated what the med is, and no one tells us what long-term problems are and how to get people off wow. of this. Right. And so they are not educated. They right. really are not given the full picture. Well, I thought so, there's a well-known protocol, though, pretty much for benzos and alcohol is Librium, right? You need to give massive doses of Librium so they don't seize and die. I thought yeah. that was... But, but also, alcohol, but also not, like, they're not being told, like, Okay, you, you should prescribe this for months at a time, not years right. at a time. And if you, oh yeah, you know well. what I mean. <laughs> and yeah. now that all the expose is on, well, I better get you off of this. Yeah. And they don't have a clue what to do or yeah, how to like do I it. said, that do- that yeah. doctor needed to he, he he felt he needed to go on the benzos, right. and and he mm. did, and he wished he never had right. yeah. because coming and and this wasn't uh, someone who was a, 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 an addict, right. He was a normal right. person right. trying to come off of these meds. Right. So imagine all the little old ladies right. and 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 just normies that get put on pain meds for friggin' years right. that don't take them addictively, don't abuse them. But they don't now they have to come off of physically them. addicted. Now I, they have to come yeah. off of them, or yeah. or some or well, the 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 housewife that was that was given benzos because whatever had happened, and yeah. now she wants to come off of them. Hmm. And it's like you you basically created an addict. So there is a certain responsibility mm. I think prescribers and providers have to take with these meds because everybody will need some kind of treatment at some point in their life, whether it be pain medication, anxiety medication. Yeah. And, and, and even folks that have experience in this field, like in, as you, I don't know if it was you or Chris that said, you know, like you can't really know for sure anybody, you know? I mean, right. I had a gentleman, he was two years sober, he was working for his dad, he was like doing all the right stuff, and he said, you know, Terry, I'm having trouble following directions that my dad's giving me, I'm not keeping up. He said, my ADD, ADHD's really bad. And I recalled his history, I had inherited him from the partial program, and I said, Ah, I said, weren't you like a huge cold crack? He said, oh, Terry, anything and everything. I said, mm. I said, it's kind of risky business. He said, yeah. I know, I know. I just thought my sponsor said I should just ask. He said, I am just struggling. Now, this guy did not have a manipulative bone in his body that I knew of. And and had, I mean, for two years had been stellar. I mean, I brought him little cards and balloons on his day. and Yeah, yeah. So I said, all right. I said, so... 
why don't and, and his his that other disorder was well documented so i gave him a week supply of of, of a medicine called focalin i said you haven't trouble focus well try focalin so i said come back in two weeks and tell me how it went so he didn't come and he showed up on his regular med visit and I said and I thought he'd be breaking the doors down and I said well how did that trial go with that medicine I gave you he said no I think it helped and I said was it effective or I said I think and I said did you have any trouble taking it as prescribed I said you didn't finish early you didn't need an extra one during the day nope nope I said did you tell your sponsor he said I did he said whatever the doctor says I said well I said, did you want another trial? I mean, what do you think? He said, nah, I'll try what, you know, two more weeks. I said, all right. So I gave him two more weeks worth of meds. I said, come back and see me in two weeks. Tell me what's up. And he was dead a week later. Wow. And he had opened up all the capsules. Didn't expect that oh. uh, now, end of the story. That was who prescribed that for that addict? I did. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, did I kill him? No, but I am an experienced substance abuse prescriber. Right. That I knew his history. I gave him a controlled substance. Mm. And he was on for all intent and purposes a good candidate. Right. Right. He didn't do that like his brain once once that area of the brain got triggered, I flipped mm. the switch. Yeah. Right. I am responsible and flipping the switch. It's not his job to control that. If he could control that, he wouldn't have the disease of addiction. Yeah. That's so, I mean, that's so. I nothing, none of this is written in stone, and there is really not yeah. a blueprint that you can follow. And even knowing as as much as I've learned over the years, I, I wish it could protect me from things like that. But right. it doesn't, you know. So right. it's. Mm. It's it's risky business. It's risky for the prescribers. It's as risky as it is for the patients. No, so now, what about someone that is on Suboxone or Methadone and Benzos? It, do I I know when back in the day when I went to HMI when it was in Brockton, and I got on Methadone like. Part of the protocol was to give people benzos, like that. It's the actually doctors. contraindicated by SAMHSA, and it's not now b- because of respiratory depression. Yeah, right. So, so if if someone is on that and they want to go on to suboxone, like what what can be done in that so situation? They're already on it, and they want to go on subs. It's suboxone. It's not prohibited to give the suboxone. So, but if they're on pr- suboxone, it's prohibited to give them you benzos? would not want to initiate benzos okay if it, you know huh. at all ever i'm not saying it's do- not done but it it's you know been done but yeah. there's no po- no reason to initiate benzodiazepines if you're already on suboxone if you're on benzodiazepines and you want sub suboxone to not be doing heroin getting you off benzos at that moment in time would not be a priority because if you overdose on heroin i guess my benzo problems all taken care of yeah there's, yeah. there's got to be. I mean, uh, this takes work. Like you just don't, you just can't do that in fifteen minutes. You know, right. like, like these are people, and these are people with a very complicated disease. Yes. You know, and and you just can't roll them in and roll them out. I like know. I, that's my my particular philosophy of practice. Mind you, I, I am was repeatedly in trouble all the time for yeah, right, carrying right. on like this. But right. For yeah. for being, I didn't know how to do it for, any different. For, 
say thinking outside of the box well caring not going with the flow yeah well exactly. or, or really just trying to do the safest most intelligent job and the best care i could provide for the patient that, yeah. that's and that to me took time i i wish i could just write a script and say next I just, and that's why when I went, uh. was heard this at this other facility, and she said, you know, well, you'll see your three patients in an hour, and you don't need to talk. We've got therapists. And I said, you know, I've already been there and done that and failed miserably, and you probably would not want me for your employee either. So, yeah. like, I'm not even going to try to get faster. And they used to, even some of the managers would stick their heads in my door, and they'd go, hurry up, Terry, hurry up, they're waiting. And and I'd have a patient sitting in there, and I'd say, I don't know why they're yelling at me. I said, I'm getting older. I'm not going to get faster. I'm going to get slower. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what is the motivation to go faster? More uh, patients, more money. So, unfortunately, we are in a for most part for-profit world, and people have to have salaries. I'm, I mean, business. I wish I didn't have to be paid to even it, do this, but it is a business. Healthcare and, and medical care is a business. And, and that, Just like yeah. now, recovery is a business. Right, right. Mm. right. Recovery homes, treatment centers, big, big, right. big business now. Shamefully, yeah. and, and wherever there's like a, a loophole in that system, yeah. somebody's running the market Ab- with it. Absolutely. I think it was urines the last I heard, like in sober houses. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my number was copied, and one of my patients alerted me because if you submit a bunch of uh, uh, several urines, whatever, they get covered and reimbursed by insurance. There's yeah, there was, it was actually a, a, a doctor that I had seen a long, long time ago who kind of developed the home detox kit. He he was in on yeah. that whole entire ring. Those and there I mean, was some some sober homes here in Quincy that were involved in it. It was it was fucking ugly. There's I mean, got to be a know? place where we can get together the people who are <clears throat> true of heart about this. Yeah, you know, but it, but it's hard. There's so there's there's such. I mean, uh, it's hard to to pay the electric bill, and when you'd be gladly give it free all day. You know, the, I don't know what the happy medium is. I do think that we are on the, I got some the end of that. spectrum of way too short and way too un, uninterested and uneducated. Like, I yeah. think we're way over on that side. I think it could be brought in a little bit more. But I may be way over a little bit on this side. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I could step it up a bit. I don't know. Well, I don't know if you can make a killing, but I think you can make a difference. Yeah. I've made a difference. I I don't have good credit, but I've made a difference. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I love when people... When you go into the store and they're like, oh, would you like to apply for a credit card and say 15% today? And I'm like, would you like to hear a computer laugh? And they're like, they kind of look at me sideways like. Well, I can uh, tell you about Benzo's lady. Will that yeah. help? Yeah, right. <laughs> so well, what do we got here? What time are we at? Yeah, we're, we're about there. Well, that wasn't so we, hard. Yeah, no, because yeah. we still got to clean up. and. I would like to sing my song, yeah. but Chris said I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> wrote a song about it well here, here it goes so so what's going on with terry today so i am um i'm right now recovering and recouping from some some personal traumas and um sort of um mending and healing and um i stay all my passion is still in recovery and medicines and i'm still available for that and um and in contact with a lot of people and again i'm trying to help but you know, donations for the electric bill. Yeah, yeah, So if I had, I guess if I had my dream come true, I I would like to just drive to everybody and and talk and educate them and, um, 
you know, some of the requirements to get medication into. You have to be hooked in. You have to have somebody who cares, and you have to have somebody who's like passionate and and is that you're important to. You know, like and um, not forever. It's just for a critical period of time yeah. where you just need that extra and. I've been able to do it. It's all I know how to do. So yeah, right. I'm actually waiting for God to tell me what's my next assignment. Yes. And if you hear before I do, mm. would you let me know? Absolutely. Okay, because it's getting tight. Yeah. So well, that's what's anybody's... with Terry. I'm pay- I'm praying that stand. You know, you push. You pray yes. until something happens, and I'm waiting for my next assignment. And you know, I don't it might be flower arranging for all I know. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, I wanted to be rock and roll star, but I guess I'll have to be <laughs> for range flowers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that something will work out for you. I hope so, and and it, I am preparing for big blessings because they say the bigger the shit that fell, the bigger the blessing. Yes, so it absolutely. better be a big well, blessing. If, <laughs> absolutely. If there's, you know, there's got to be a place in the recovery world for people who care, especially someone who has a degree and experience. Yes. I mean, it's it's if in, there's in, not then it's a problem. Right, exactly. Like there's too you many know? too many fakies out there that, you know, just trying to that don't care about people. Yeah. You know? We need somebody who's in charge of the corporation. I was gonna say, who's I, in recovery. I think people, I think people <laughs> care and I I know doctors don't even want to be doctors anymore across yeah. the board. Right. They are this is is not turned out to be the profession this, they signed up for. So so <laughs> what is it? Uh NYU Medical School is now tuition free. Wow. Because a guy that was on the board of directors said, because this place is so expensive, we are losing great people in not so well-off situations that would be amazing doctors. Right. Really? And yes. Now, that's, so, that's the right step. To, yes. Well, so spirit, they, they, which the dude raised, he donated $250 million and wow. raised another $300 million. So now NYU is a completely free medical school. But my, it makes it a hell of a lot harder to get my in there. Son's, but my son's pediatrician is a family friend. Yeah. And uh, he's very well off. And um, he uh, told me if he had to do it again, he wouldn't be a doctor. No. And yeah. I, 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 there yeah. is a track for nurse practitioners <laughs> to go to medical school. And mm-hmm. like many years ago, somebody said, why don't you become a doctor? I said, I would not be a doctor in this day and you age. You can do everything a doctor can do pretty much except Pre- for surgery. Correct. Well, whatever you're trained in. Yeah. You know. So now all these other schools are following suit. Like, okay, you come from this kind of rural area. If you become a doctor and go back there and practice, you won't have to pay for school. Right. But if wow, you want to go amazing. into a very lucrative field as a doctor, you're going to pay for your education. Hmm. But doctors should be allowed to help people right. the way they had it in their dream. And I think when right. they get out in the real world, it is the insurances and corporate that oh, says, move, move along, move along, move yes. along. So they're not right. really doing what they set out to do in the right. way they wanted to either. Right. So in defense, it's not, it's a time constraint. They have the education, they have the knowledge, some of them, not usually with substance abuse, that's a specialty in and of itself. But right. And we do have addiction specialists now. There are physicians that are actually addiction specialists. Yep. So mm. it's coming around. Yeah, but, well, but that's good. That we have to be allowed time to, to meet with people yes. and, and not and, just... And find out the story right, of what's going on. And not just supply. We're not, these are not commodities. Yeah. These are souls and hearts and heads. Yeah, right. twelve. You, you can't get to know someone in 12 minutes. Right. You know what I mean? But and you can walk out with a script in 12 minutes. And the minutes. pen is mighty yeah. and it could be lethal. Yes, absolutely. Well, the, the, the value should be placed on on the the caring about 
the person and the, the caring about the situation to fix the problem and uh, not the efficiency of the, the, you know, the monetary gain. Yeah. I it's believe there's probably sickening. some people that can do both. It's, well, not, it's, it's not my possible. strong point. I, yeah, <laughs> I own I, that I guess, one. But, huh. um, and, and maybe I could learn, but mm. I'm old now. so. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a union iron worker uh, in the city of Boston and Cambridge especially. We've been putting up these bio labs. We've been putting up these giant towers that costs, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars. And these are what they're justifying spending on their research and development nervatus <laughs> yeah built a building that is the you wouldn't believe the size of this building and the beautiful architecture and the money that they spent i mean and that's pharmacia right yeah Novartis. yeah yeah and they they've come up with a according to um youtube that i saw video um they've come up with a cure for most cancers it's not highly publicized because it costs five hundred thousand dollars to cure you. Yeah, and uh, and this is because they need their money back for the, all the research and development they put in, and part of that was that building, which probably costs three hundred million dollars. Oh, it's probably more than that. Yeah, probably more. Yeah. They, probably billions. I wonder how much it cost God to build the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It's a good question. I mean, maybe if we went back there and so, asked him for So now, yeah. now <laughs> okay, you, you have cancer, but you don't have 500 grand, right. so, so sorry. 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 So it's maybe like, we maybe, need to go back even further and we'll ask see you in the next whoever's was it, in charge here. Wasn't it the, I think it was the polio vaccine? The guy, he was like the first person to like give out, uh, th- this is curing polio. Here, give it away. Right. Give it to people. I don't like and, and help it, these people. And is that not is that not the message behind recovery? Absolutely. Is that Absolutely. to give back freely what was so freely given yes, to you? Yes, that's it. It's crazy that I, like I don't know. It just I can start to get aggravated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. it's another podcast. Yeah. 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 Well, I hope on a we positive stayed, note. I hope yes. we stayed on task with our. Yes, yeah. I think it was. I think it was very informative. It very informative. Will there be a post test? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, anyone that's looking for a, a, a pretty. Hip uh, subscriber, <laughs> prescriber. Subscriber. Yeah, yeah. We're looking for a hip subscriber. Yeah. So if, if not, you, I'm going to go to the convent. Yeah. It's, yeah. My last, it's my last drop. <laughs> so, and, and like we always say, if there's anything that we can do for anybody, please Absolutely. message us. Yeah, um, let us know. If anyone would like to come on here and share their experience. I have a lot of time, so I'm available. <laughs> yes. Anyone wants to come on and share their experience with us, um, first responders, anybody. Police, firemen, it doesn't matter. Whatever you are, and if you're affected by addiction, you know, we've had people on here that aren't even in in recovery or addicted to anything, but their life was affected by addiction. Awesome. Affected, so, yeah. please, and thank you for reach asking, out to us. Guys. Yes. I appreciate it. Thank you, Terry, for coming on. Thanks, and, everybody, uh, for um, for listening. Yeah. Yes, and uh, we'll really see you next you, week. Terry. Thank you. All right. Yes. Amen. Thank Thanks. you very much. Peace. Peace. Peace.